Welcome back. Episode 59, uh, Michigan Meat Cup with Gail Milborn, uh, take two. <laughs> so um, so we're back this week after last week's technical difficulties. Uh, as you can see, we've, we've got Gail on camera this time. Uh, we've been chatting for a few minutes. The stream is good. Uh, although now I, now I say that, I expect my internet to drop or Jordan's or Ryan's. We'll yeah. have some issue. Uh, Jordan had issues last week too, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we, were, we were discombobulated last week and we weren't really kicking off the show right. Um, so I, I think since we're doing it over, we should stick with our... Our, our, our system here and let's actually get through what are we drinking gail now that you're not sitting in your car in a parking lot at a lake <laughs> i'm actually drinking this time bell's lager the lakes oh good, good choice is that is that really it's not it, it's not hazy enough to be a real beer right like, oh, what's, what's going on there yeah <laughs> Oh, I love that beer. That's a that's a Czech pills, right, or a Bohemian pills, or something. I think is that no, right? I think it's a boat pills, but don't quote me on it. I'm just enjoying it right now. Yeah, I would give it I the Bohemian, Bohemian pills. What about you, Brian? Uh, a little bit of the last bit of a uh, cider that uh, I made with my neighbor Steve from apples in his backyard. So Corina. Same thing. Yeah, the last yeah, yeah. I got about maybe I don't know, like an eighth of a keg left or something. So I'm gonna bottle some off and finish off the rest because I have another cider ready to ready to get kegged. There yeah. you go, Jordan. Uh, I've got a few things here, but starting off with the classic. <laughs> One day we're going to get some uh, some advertising funds from Hams or something like that. <laughs> we, we, we had, I really wish like that we beer. were. Uh, I, I wish that we had had like uh, some kind of Michigan um, macro that we could fall back to. But it is sad that we're all like kicking Hams. Uh, I think it's from Milwaukee, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, land of sky blue water. I actually have mead this time too, though. So I, I will be. Uh, I tuck. I opened up a bottle yesterday. Um, we had some friends over for Thanksgiving. Or, God damn! I told you guys I was tired uh, for Halloween, and so <laughs> I do have some mead open. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get into that. But yeah, I'm with Jordan kicking the hams. Yeah, I've got some Oktoberfest to follow up afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that'll be. It'll be my one, two. <laughs> right on. So it's been a few weeks now. Michigan Meat Cup uh, took place October 16th, right? Yep. So I think where we started last time, we were trying to get into a little bit of the history of the Meat Cup. So if you wouldn't mind going through that again, Gail, if you tell us uh, <laughs> kind of what the Meat Cup is and how that got started and, and what your part is in it. That'd be awesome. Sure. So um, the Michigan Honey Festival started it in uh, 2013. Um, and I can't remember now if it ended in 2016 or 2017. In the last week, I was going to look it up, but, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. So um, then we were left with no mead cup and the Motor City Mashers started talking about, you know, we've got a beer cup, we've got glint cap for cider. You know what about me we could do me so that's how it started uh for 2018 2019 
And then, of course, last year, the, the year that didn't happen. And then again this year. So Motor City Masters has been doing it for three years now. Right on. And you guys, how many categories do you have like in Mead? Is it just the four main categories and one through four? This year we had 13. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, we, we also add on, um, so it's all of the the subcategories within the, you know, four categories of Mead. So all the subcategories, but we combine, we usually end up combining a couple. This year we combined um, Braggett and Historical into one category. Um, other year, other years it's been Cider and Braggett, uh, Cider and Pyman have been together. So this year we were able to separate everything out. We had a really good spacing of entries. And then we've got the Michigan only category, which is unique to the Michigan Mead Cup. And that's Michigan Mead Maker, uh, Michigan Honey, Michigan Ingredients Only, with the exception of oak or yeast. Hmm. So that's usually, you know, one flight category, seven or eight entries. Um, and it's always really interesting to see what Michigan Mead Makers bring to the table. Is that a, a category that persists <laughs> persists persists year after year? It's always, there's always a Michigan only category. Okay. We felt so. pretty strongly that having so many good Michigan mead makers, um, that and being the Michigan Mead Cup, we really needed to kind of showcase as many mm -hmm. Michigan products, Michigan mead makers, uh, Michigan honey as much as possible. Yeah, that's super cool. It's, uh, I guess, for anybody listening that wants to participate in that category next year, you have a, uh, a heads up now. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing. This is my first year participating in pretty much any meat competition. So, no, that's super cool. Okay. And you did well, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, that's any style as long as it's, uh, I'm assuming, aside from the yeast, all Michigan ingredients? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeast and oak. Uh, can be from anywhere. Everything else, okay. you know, any fruit, honey, um, that all has to be uh, Michigan sourced. Cool. Okay. What uh, what ended up? Do you remember what won that category this year? I sure do. It was Matthew <laughs> Meads, um, the one that won best to show. He, that, that was the the cherry one, right? Yeah. It's Michigan okay. Michigan. You pick Balaton versus Montmorency is the title. Okay. And it won in stone fruit, um, Michigan only, and best to show. And nice. I had the opportunity to judge it. We were down a few judges this year, so I ended up having to jump in to judge. Thankfully, I, you know, even though I had to do a lot of the organizing, I, I was so busy that I don't remember who entered what, which is a blessing because then I can jump in and judge because I'm still blind to it. Yeah. And uh, so we had to go and do stone fruit and a couple others. We did three categories the night before. And um, Sandy Cockram and I did it. Uh, Sandy's uh, Grandmaster 8. And so we did the stone fruit. And I remember tasting this fantastic beer, uh, mead. 
And I mean, literally my eyes rolled back in my head. It was <laughs> And we both looked at each other and said, how, what on earth could we say about this? And I think it, I think I gave it a 47 or a 48. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think the highest score I've ever given anything. It was just amazing. Oh. Oh, that's crazy. That's awesome. It was, it was just an amazing meet. It, you know, Matt's a great mead maker. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, thankfully, he came out to Stewart, and I grabbed him to be a judge. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a really, he's got a great palate. So, I judged with him at Beer Cup. Well, that's awesome. Did you uh, judge mead out at Beer Cup too, or yeah. uh, beer? Or okay. Yeah, I did a little of a lot of things. <laughs> are you? What are your, What are your uh, certifications as far as the BJCP goes? I'm a Grandmaster one, uh, hopefully soon to be two. I just found out yesterday I got my cider endorsement and I'm a mead judge. Awesome. Very nice. Yeah. What, uh, as far as like progressing in the Grandmaster stage, like what, what's required as far as like points there? Um, so it's, um, 240, points and some of it is judging like a hundred judging points but then there's also grading and service to the BJCP um, I end up being a um, the assistant exam director so I send out all the pins and mm. color cards and stuff um, and I'm an assistant rep for the northern area so that gives me additional service points so it's pretty much what you have to do to go from grandmaster, you know, master to grandmaster to you have to be willing to get a lot of your free time. <laughs> a little bit of traveling, probably a little lot yeah. of traveling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sandy, Sandy being a, an eight, she's been all over the country, she's been mm-hmm. all over, you know, Mexico and South America. That's what it takes. Really? Wow. If you're really going to do that. That's super cool. Yeah, we're really lucky to have some really amazing judges in the state here, for sure. Uh, thank you for all of your volunteer time, for sure. Oh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> when, when did you get started with all this anyway? like, um, I started brewing in 2001, okay. so 20 years home brewing. And I think I took my first exam in 2004, so I've been a judge since then. Do you think the uh, the tests and guidelines, well, obviously the guidelines have, but do you think like the the tests and standards and stuff for judging have, have changed a lot in the you know last 15 years or so? I don't I don't really think so. Um, I mean the exam has changed for sure. Um, it's a little bit easier in a way to get in to be like a recognized or um, certified judge, but it's kind of harder to become a national or master. Hmm. So I got grandfathered in on my exam. <laughs> Is uh, Can we talk about that for a sec? Because I, I don't know a whole lot about the, uh, the, the BJCP program as far as like a judging perspective goes. Like uh, what, what does it take to be like, say like a national judge? Is it, um, it's, it's not solely based on points at that point, right? You have to, score above a particular amount on like the written exams too is that correct or yes yeah, so to become a judge to begin with i'll just go back to the beginning you sure, have to take yeah. an 
online exam um, within a timed period. And um, you also have to take a tasting test within a year of that online exam. So if you get, you know, depending upon how you score there, then you start accumulating points by judging. Um, and so then you would go up to, like say you would start out at a recognized, even if you got scored a, so a recognized starts at 60 on your uh, score of 60, um, certified starts at 70, national starts at 80. So say you score an 80 on your um, tasting exam, you still start out at recognized until you get five judging points, then you go to certified. But that's as high as you can go. Even if you get 350 judging points, you can't go any higher than that unless you take the written exam, which is a brutal exam. It's hmm. 10 questions, uh, hour and a half, essay. Um, hmm. and it's, it's really hard. So if you score at least an 80 on the tasting exam at the lower level and you have at least 20 I'm, I'm thinking, I'm rethinking this, uh, 20 yeah. judging points, um, then, you know, you can take the written exam and possibly go to national or master, depending upon how you score. Got so it. If you score in the 80s, then you'll be, you know, with the appropriate amount of judging points, you'd be at national 90 and above, you'd be a master with the appropriate points. And then Grandmaster is uh, just points after that? Yeah. Okay. Points and service and all of those fun things. Is that separate within cider, meat, and beer? Like you can be like a oh, – go ahead. So, yeah, you can be a cider judge and not be a beer judge. So it's a it's an endorsement, but you're a cider judge. You're a, you can be a meat judge, but you won't be a beer judge. Can you be like yeah, a, a uh, like, like a judge. grandmaster beer judge and like a like recognized mead judge or something or okay? Those are just endorsements, so it doesn't oh, matter how okay. you score. Okay. Um, the only thing that really helps you if you score really well on the mead or cider is if you want to um, proctor an exam um, or anything like that. Then you have to score pretty high. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my girlfriend Shana has uh, an amazing palate, and uh, <laughs> she'll probably hate me for even saying this. But last night she had a she had a dream where she like lost her sense of of smell and stuff. Like she had a dream where she got COVID, <laughs> and and she wasn't upset, you know, about having COVID and potentially being sick. She was sad that she was never going to be able to be a beer judge. <laughs> so that she woke up with that in her mind today. So, uh, yeah. That's not a bad thing to aspire to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to work on that maybe in 2020, even the online exams, a little brutal. We were, uh, mm -hmm. we were messing with some test uh, some test exams and stuff. And you, you have to know your styles really well, history and all. Yep, you do. Some of the questions could be pretty obscure. See, I think that's what interests me more about it. Like, I'm, I'm good with, like, the, the knowledge of the beer style and the history and stuff, but I know I, I'm not a taster. I'm not – there's no way I would pass the century. And we did uh, off-flavor tasting a few weeks ago as a club, and I, I know I was watching people, like, gag or, you know, grimace on different ones, and I was, like, going, yeah, you know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> I just – I don't – 
I am not a great. That's that's me too, Jason. Yeah. I, I originally thought I was like, oh yeah, it'd be nice to go, and then I learned that I'm I'm kind of blind to certain flavors, yeah. and not just like oh, it needs to be you know I, this is like I just don't taste it yeah. at all. <laughs> but Unless at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you only have to get is sixty the minimum to pass the tasting exam? Um. Yes. Okay. So I mean. You can probably walk away with a D, you know, and be okay. And you know, it's there. We go. It's just it's there just points hope. after that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I wish Brian. they I wish they gave you points for like how well you could taste something because there's some off flavors. Like <laughs> it's in the same room. I'm gonna taste it. But yeah. Then, yeah. Like there's others. I could probably just drink the concentrate and not taste the thing. Yeah. Sometimes when you take those off-flavor classes, you can say, oh, yeah, I tasted this last week at such and such a brewery. <laughs> but I guess it's that bad then. You know, it's it's funny. We've had that conversation before, too, where there's even regional tastes. Um, you know, some of that stuff is, is acceptable or expected. Um, you know, we've talked, I've talked to brewers before that's like, you know, acknowledge that they have diacetyl in their beer, but, but, you know, it's the flavor that their patrons like, or, uh, you know, and they, they, you know, change their processes to kind of clean it up, but they didn't, they got complaints, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's what, it's just what people like. I mean, if you, if you look at even some of the German styles, right, like, um, like Pilsner's, I think have, um, some perceived off flavor. There's, there's some, well, you, you know better. There's some certain styles where it's acceptable to have, right? Some at low levels. Yeah. Yep. So, so back to the, the mead cup, how many entries did you guys judge this year? Hmm. We judged 158, wow. um, right. Or 160, 158 we judged. Um, with how many judges? Not enough. Yeah, never <laughs> enough, probably. <laughs> I had I had twenty two signed up. Three did not make it. I pulled in Matt, so twenty. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I was hoping for at least twenty four. Um, especially with me, you want to take you want to keep the flights pretty small because you don't want people staggering out at the end of the day. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so, you know, trying to keep them down around six, seven, eight at the very maximum. Um, and, and that's kind of hard to do with <laughs> that few judges. And the judges that I lost were, you know, good judges, high level. So that happens. Is that size uh, kind of typical for what you would, what you've done in the past? Or did you guys have to cut back this year for COVID? We didn't cut back, but we didn't expand, which is what I had hoped to do. Um, we started, I think, at 150 last year or 2019. I'm always going to say last year because I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so 20, 2019, um, I think we had 165, and I think of that, 163 or something we judged. Um, by this year, my plan was to include pro meteries, so it would be, you know, professional and amateur, but there's just no way, um, you know, with COVID and people not wanting to travel and still, you know, not a huge expansion and mead judges, there's just no way. You know, one of the things with the mead cup that I was insistent upon when we took it over 
is that we have to have good judges. We can't just have, you know, anybody who doesn't, you know, who might be a good beer judge come in and judge meat because it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And any good meat maker will tell you beer judges, you know, fall apart when they taste meat a lot of times. Um, they just don't get it. Yeah. So I really wanted to be able to say that we would have at least one mead judge and one BJCP judge on each flight and that, you know, we'd have the highest level that we could possibly have. So we had, you know, Grandmaster 8, we had two Grandmaster 1s, we had quite a few nationals. Um, So it, it worked out pretty well, considering you know, yeah, I think if you were to step up and open a, a commercial level, man, you, um, I think I looked at Glint Cap, you know, they, they do that non-commercial commercial division and, and the commercial division, it was like over 1500 entries. So oh I think if you, if you, you know, stepped into that realm, you, you're going to have to support it or, I, you know, even putting a low entry level, I think you'd mm-hmm. probably just irritate more people. So yeah, yeah. The, well, the original Mead Cup was professional and amateur. Really? Um, hmm. And they just had Mazer Cup, which is yep. the international mead uh, competition out in Colorado. They just did that last week. And they had get like, I don't know, eight or 900 professional entries from all over the world. And yeah. it's just incredible. They did it with like 30 or 40 judges for five days. Three and four sessions a day. That's brutal. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so, nice. you know, we uh, tried really hard to get it all done in one day, but this year there was just no way. So, um, but it, it worked out. It worked out. I don't think I told you this last week, but you mentioned Mazer Cup. I, uh, uh, I think it was maybe six weeks ago, maybe just a month ago. I, I was out at, uh, Ken Tram's farm doing a tour out there. And, uh, he was the one that, that gave us the tour. And I mentioned that, you know, we were going to talk to you in a month and if he knew you and he goes, Oh, Oh, I know Gail. <laughs> like ask me <laughs> if I love Gail. <laughs> uh, so you have, a, you have a big fan in Ken Tram. <laughs> um. He's got a big fan in me. <laughs> he supported us so much the first year that we took it over. And he was just, uh, what a lovely man. Love that guy. I, it was the first time I'd ever talked to him. He is a talker. He is yeah. very passionate. Just the most passionate person I've talked to about like anything like his fruit, his farm, just like if if sarah hadn't pulled him away uh he would have he, he would have turned our like one hour tour into like a whole day thing i think it was awesome. it was pretty funny yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. now hopefully so we can get him on someday i think uh we've talked to him a, a little bit about it Right. Yeah, I, I told him I didn't want to bother him while his, you know, harvest season is still going on and stuff. Yeah. Like the dude's breaking his back right now, doing everything he can anyway. I'll wait till there's snow on the ground and there you go. You know. Yeah. So, but yeah, he he will be on. He he definitely agreed to to come on and talk to us about everything, anything we want. I told him he could just go nuts, but um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe in January or something, I'll try to. To, to schedule it up but 
That'd be that cool. would be great. <laughs> he's he's so, so knowledgeable. Yeah, and you know he's he's so uh, you know friends with him on Facebook. Just watch what he does, and he's he's so supportive of the community, and uh, you know even out you know competitors. It doesn't seem like he cares. You know he's really endorsing the industry and um, and that that sense of community. There were some there was the flooding earlier in the year in New Jersey, and I know he was doing a lot of um, campaigning for help for those meteries that were impacted out there. So just really cool stuff. Yeah, it is a community. It's 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 interesting. Like, sorry, Jason, I, I don't mean to interrupt. No, you. go you, for you, it. Oh, okay. No, you 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 mentioned like the whole community aspect, and and it really does feel small. Um, <laughs> like a lot of people, like in in you know these Facebook groups, know each other, and there's there's names that you see all the time. Um, not only in in competitions, but just like the helpful people. You're like, oh, I I know that name, and I know you know he's somebody that you know seems to always give really good advice. And mm -hmm. um, Tom Rebus. Yeah, yeah, I see his name all the time. He's he's amazing. <clears throat> is he in, is he from Michigan? He is from Wyoming. Okay. Um, You'll you'll know his profile picture because he has a, a beard full of bees, basically. Like <laughs> the bee beard. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's very cool. It feels like I'm starting to homebrew all over again a little bit, just because I don't know a whole lot. And and you start digging for information, you keep seeing the same names pop up again to get confirmed. So. Yeah, it's it's neat. Um, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> in in a lot of ways, making mead seems like it's a lot harder than making beer. There's you know, there's I think there's probably more honeys out there than there are really types of malt to brew with. It's and then on top of all that, you know, fruit and spice are are far more widely utilized in in mead than they are in beer. Um, yeah, I went, of pops, but. yeah, I went through and I actually wrote down the kinds of honeys that we had. Do you want to hear some of them? I do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This is amazing. And this is the Michigan Mead Cup, right? Little old Michigan Mead Cup. We had hickory blossom, star thistle, meadow foam, tupelo, buckwheat, orange blossom. Okay, pretty standard, right? Yeah, yeah. We had zambian, lahua, leatherwood, pumpkin blossom, fireweed, uh, coffee blossom, uh, Brazilian honey. We had pink peppercorn, uh, snowberry, blueberry, basswood, mango blossom, he, uh, quince blossom. Oh, wow. Uh, avocado blossom. Uh, I mean, like, really? Yeah, so, sure. That's, yeah. That's nice. so Brian, Brian, almost all of yours made the second list there i think right like I, that <laughs> brian's doing all this weird shit with it gail i think you had the coffee blossom and the little blossom and the uh, what was the other one I, um i have yeah i have a i have a coconut blossom um Lahua, yeah, snowberry, Christmas berry, snowberry, the snowberry, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of those other ones there, and they all taste different. Shane and I will, we'll mm -hmm. go downstairs and try honey, and uh, and it's just like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's really neat the different flavors, and, and it's the same thing. You know, when we talked to Andrew Blake and did the the 
cider episode, you know, as a as a new home brewer or a new cider maker, you don't realize there's hundreds of different varieties of apples, you know, and that the blending of the apple uh, varietals is really what, you know, brings it out for the cider and, you know, and then you're building that palate just like you're using malts. And so I, I think it's, it's similar with honey. Um, although I, I don't really hear too much about blending different honeys, but, uh, but it's just neat to see the different, um, the different varietals that are out there and the different flavor profiles that they bring. So it's really cool. I, uh, I don't know too much about it and Gail can definitely speak more to this. Um, but I've, I've listened to interviews with like Carvin Wilson, who's a very prominent mead maker and judge and org. He's a, he think he's the organizer of the Maser cup um, yes. released this year. But, um, I've listened to interviews with him talking about blending honeys and it's just, uh, it's a thing, you know, you can, you can just like blending sour beer or, or anything else. You can come up with flavors that you wouldn't be able to really get otherwise. Um, and, and he's a master at blending honeys. Yeah. I couldn't even do the stockpile of honeys that he has. Um, his wife is a saint. She really is. <laughs> Robin is the nicest woman, and she puts up with him having like a room in their house that is just shelf after shelf after shelf of different honey varietals. It's amazing. Shane, I hope you're listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> she usually is, isn't she? She's on the yeah. room, at the very least. I'm waiting for her to walk through that door over there. And just say no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, how did the, uh, the, 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 I, forgot, I just lost where I was going. So, you had 100, 160 that you judged this year. Um, in the mead cup, do you, is it just one metal per category? Um, or, or, you know, one of each metal for category, or is it over a certain score gets a medal? So do we, do we do, um, uh, per sub per category, we do the three, you know, first, second, third. Um, so we had 13 categories for three, um, and then just best to show is only one. Right on. And then do you guys do the, the big trophy at the end? <laughs> well, we, we do have a different medal for okay. um, Best to Show. Um, and, you know, they get a, a nice little prize from Dutch Gold. <laughs> uh, Dutch Gold Honey sends out um, what used to be a big 60-pound bucket of a, some bizarre varietal, you know, it's really nice <laughs> honey. This year they couldn't do it, the economy and mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, so yeah. they sent out, I believe, six five-pound um, uh, three different kinds of honeys to Matt, who won best to show. It's still uh, amazing. It's still yeah, really that's nice. awesome. Yeah, really. Nice. I was really, I was really just joking on it, Gail, because um, Michigan State Fair Homebrew Festival, they do the big <laughs> giant cup and. You know, we were talking earlier where you always you always say last year, and I'm the same way. It's the last year. It doesn't matter if it was really last year. Um, so to carve that out on on their trophy, they actually did put um, on the plaque. They 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 put a marker for 2020 uh, and and named COVID as the winner of the. <laughs> of the that year. I didn't know that. That's so, the first I've heard that. That's awesome. Well done. 
Yeah, I walked up. Um, so we, we, Brian and I were there to, to stream that, um, the award ceremony on that one. And, uh, and collect our awards. <laughs> and collect, <laughs> and get all of our awards. Um, and I remember walking up to it and seeing, you know, the plaque and it said COVID 2020. I, I cracked up. I'm like, that was the best. So I'm, I'm just seeing if anybody else did that. Uh, yeah, that's excellent. I wanted, yeah, I, I wanted to, um, I know at our club out here, because we missed all the competitions, I wanted to buy like a, a box of uh, gold medals and just have them all engraved with the uh, 2020 homebrew champion. Just <laughs> give them out to, to everybody. That'd be awesome. The, the, the first year that we did it in uh, 2018, the Glass Academy in Dearborn, uh, they did this beautiful um, chalice. Uh, uh, blown chalice for us for best of show that was definitely a really nice prize oh, and yeah. we also awesome. had the dutch gold too so that was that was a good year yeah the maser cup does that for their awards right like little bowls or something like little, mm -hmm. little cups or something like a, yeah. it's a pottery kind of like a pottery bowl chalice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they're beautiful that's 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 neat so when we talked last week, briefly, um, before uh, the tech god said no. Uh, which, time, which time that we were talking? <laughs> Good point. Um, but you mentioned uh, that this was your last year in the Mead Cup, right? So, so tell us about that. You're moving on, huh? Um, it's my last year being the lead organizer. Um, okay. So the Motor City Mashers are going to keep it. Um, I'll, I'll be helping out, um, for sure. I just don't want to, it, it's been kind of a, kind of a one person show, uh, for the three years. I mean, I've had a, a ton of help, but, um, you know, it, it kind of comes down to one person doing a lot of the stuff. And I, as you saw, I don't have very good internet connection up north. <laughs> and the week before Mead Cup, or two weeks before Mead Cup, I had gone up there and I thought, oh, sure, you know, I'll be able to get stuff done and I can just go up to the public library if I need to, you know, hop on my laptop and I can just do some things. It was like four and five hours a day. I was having to go up to the library on my laptop. It's like, I, you know, I can't do this, so... Um, it just doesn't work for me to do a long distance. So I'll help out. I get that too. You know, I, we, we've joked around about it because, um, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to organize this one little tiny competition for, uh, my club and it's a, um, kind of a huge pain in the ass and uh you know and, and last year it was it's like 20 entries and it was just a nightmare so i couldn't imagine I, I have this dream someday of doing a larger competition um and i'm trying to help you know out more with beer cup and um and, and things like that but yeah there's just so much that goes into this behind the scenes the organization and and uh you know just keeping it all straight so my hat's off to you you guys the guys that do this uh, and pull this shit off every year, year after year. It's amazing the the effort that goes into it. The, you know, the the people that have helped with the organization, they've just been amazing. You know, Annie Zipser 
it has these contacts and, you know, finds us Brewery Becker this year, you know, which was just a wonderful place to have a competition. Um, they were so welcoming and it was just a great uh, setup. Um, you know, she's reached out to different mead makers, uh, different honey producers for us. You know, um, Amy Olson helped a couple of years ago with, a, you know, getting Kunin on board. You know, we had Bee Nectar the first year. Uh, Sandy's been great with doing a lot of the, the um, liaison with judges. And she liaison with uh, Blickman. And every year we get fantastic raffle prizes, which you guys don't even know about the raffle prizes that we have <laughs> for judges and stewards. It's just amazing. So three awesome. years in a row, Blickman has sent us beer guns. Year. In, in addition, this year, they also sent Anvil Burner. They sent nice. um, an Anvil Scale, a Graham Scale. They sent... Um, Stainless steel valve, a brew vision. Um, I know I'm missing like three or four <laughs> of the big things that they sent. And it was like prizes that were worth, you know, retail. We're talking over $600 retail. Yeah. That yeah. They sent that's us amazing. Just for our raffle. And so, you know, the, the people that, the companies that have reached out and sponsored us, either sponsored the categories or sponsored the competition or sent us things to raffle off. It's just, it's been incredible. Yeah. And you guys, uh, the, the action that you had on that was pretty, pretty intense. You got, you got good penetration. Cause we, I think Brian messaged us like, Hey, let's sponsor a category for Michigan beer cup. And then, I don't know. It was a couple hours later where we all saw the message and was like, yep. And they were gone. So yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me. Every time, you know, we ask for a little bit of help, we get just a ton of outpouring. Yeah. A ton of support. And we, we had to buy medals this year. So we've got medals now for two or three years. And, you know, so the category sponsorships really helped with that. And it was just, um, you know, so now we're set on medals for a couple of years. Oh, cool. Fantastic. And I, I can't say enough for all of our sponsors, you know, people that stepped up and folks I had never had any contact with um, that wanted to, to reach out and support us. Well, Gail, I, uh, I'm going back in the chat here for a sec, and you—I uh, don't want—I want to make sure that I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm snagging some of these. You have a—you have a fan, and Danny. And so I—I I again, I still haven't checked my score sheets to see if you—you you judged any of mine, but uh, I. Uh, you have you have fans for sure. So, <laughs> you know, I, I say this too, and I think we talked about it last week after you dropped off. But you judge one of my beers in in beer cup. And and it was great feedback. I really appreciate the the thoughtfulness that you put in there and the and the comments and um, and yeah. I mean, it, you know, we we've all gotten feedback before that is um, subpar. You know, good beer or I forget the national one we got. Brian wasn't it? keep brewing. Thank you. That yeah. you know, I know yeah. it, you know people people argue that at the national level you shouldn't expect too much feedback, but I I disagree. I think if you're in a competition, you should you should be able to get 
um, you know, feedback from everybody. And, and on your sheet, I think it might be the first beer that you ever judged, it was, or my beer that you ever judged. Um, but man, yeah, you, you gave me a lot of great notes and comments. And, and so I appreciate it. You, you give great feedback. So thank you. Well, it's probably a bunch of BS. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it is because you didn't pick out the Fruit Loops. So that's it. See? Yep. I'm a fraud. Um, I, I think, you know, the, what I try to also at the Mead Cup, what I try to really emphasize with judges is people paid really good money to get your feedback and it's incumbent yeah. on you to give it to them. You know, it, it might be a great need, but you better say why. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it might really suck, but you better tell them why and yeah. what maybe they should do differently next time. Um, I'm, I've seen some really high level judges come back with, you know, uh, appropriate mall <laughs> you know, in a beer. It's like, yeah. okay, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you're whatever level you are and you're just coming back with that. I don't, I don't need it, you know, and I don't ever want the meat cup to, to be that. Totally agree. Brian and I do a, a presentation for our club. Um, well, a couple of clubs now, I think, where we talk about how to brew for competition and we talk about feedback and what to do with that feedback. And, you know, I've got a beer, um, you know, sure, sometimes you get crappy feedback. Sometimes you get, you know, bright malt or, or you know, keep brewing or whatever. Um, but, you know, I've got a beer that I, it was one of the first beers that I brewed when I, I first started brewing. Um, I scored an 18. It, it sucked. You know, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't write, you know, quit brewing on the, on the sheet. Um, <laughs> but I, I was lucky and I had a judge that gave me feedback and uh, things I could action on. You know, they, they started talking about using it as a stout. So they were talking about using less bittering malts and, um, you know, just ways to tweak it. And I kept, you know, rebrewing it, resubmitting it, rebrewing it, resubmitting it. And you know, based on that feedback, it's gone from an 18 to, you know, regular mid to high 40s and being my most bottled beer. And it's all because of the feedback that I get from the judges. And so that feedback is so critical and important. You guys really, you know, we encourage our, our club to participate in competitions so that they can become better brewers. And but the other side of that is the judges have to, you know, bring that. And and I've seen it happen the other way, too. We, we you know, we, we had I've seen people enter a competition, and get crappy feedback the first time, and then they're like, I'm done with this ship. You know, so that's disappointing, too. So it's important what you guys do. And uh, and, and yeah, that's amazing that you can take the time and, and give us that feedback to help Brian make better meat. God damn it. <laughs> or, or, or Danny, who just chimed in. Or Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Gold medal winner. Yeah. You got some yeah, more awesome. stuff in comments and chat, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah. We we have a question from Lisa, and I'm going to preface this a little bit. So, so of the people on stream right now, which guy has the best beard? <laughs> <laughs> cheating bastard. <laughs> oh, perfect. You don't like that? No. No, Brian, you're a loser. <laughs> uh, okay, we all know it's Jordan. It, 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 it is what it is, Lisa. So I don't know, Kale, if you have a different opinion, but. <laughs> I'm just Jordan's got, the, Jordan, Jordan's got the, the white, you know. Yep. Yeah, but see, I feel like that just ages me, man. Like, And you're <laughs> older than me. 
bastard. <laughs> Just so there you go, Lisa. It's Jordan. Um, anyway, um, I thought there was another question, but that's it. So yeah, we had D Danny on. Uh, Danny's from Motor City Masters with you. He was on a few weeks ago. So thanks for for uh, tuning in again, yeah, Danny. Back, Danny. Um, yeah. So. What rec? I mean, what advice? You know, seeing and judging the competition, and talking about the feedback, and and um, you know, kind of what you go through. Like, is there a common flaw or mistake that you would pick out that you see that you know might be just uh, you know that that one bit that that new mead makers should focus on or watch for? You know, when I first started judging mead, that would be a very easy question to answer. Um, the level of mead maker making right now is amazing and it's head and shoulders above anything I'd seen even a few years ago. Um, so I think if you would ask me that a few years ago, it would definitely be temperature control and nutrients. Um, you know, temperature control for a mead is much different than it is for a beer. Unless, I mean, it's more like a lager, really. You want to mm -hmm. ferment low and slow, um, and you want to use appropriate nutrients. Well, what does that mean? Um, and that science keeps evolving over the years, and now it's pretty good with either organic nutrients or inorganic nutrients. There's all kinds of good calculators online that you can find to help out with that. Um, and people are really... Um, they're following that advice and it shows in the kind of meads that they're making. You know, my first mead was something like dry cleaning fluid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I didn't use any nutrients and so it came out like dry cleaning fluid. Um, yeah. And now that's a flavor that I rarely, rarely taste now. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. It is. Yeah, I know that uh, coming as a person who is, you know, just uh, venturing into mead making, I've had a few of those. Or it's it's constantly constantly learning. You know, kind of switching from brewing beer more to, you know, brew, you know meads and ciders a bit more now. Um, and yeah, it's it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a different beast with the fermentation. Like now, I'm thinking like I, I haven't classically had fermentation control. We talked about this last year, last week. Um, but yeah, now I think that's my next big project is yeah. you know getting something to actually control those firm temps for making good meads. Um, you know, dive into more uh, like you know water chemistry if I'm going to be adding water to it, nutrient additions. So on and so forth, but yeah, yeah, it's it's different. It opens your eyes a bit more. It, it's a lot more delicate. I agree. I think you can mess up me uh, beer a lot easier. Well, should say you can mess up beer and it's not as noticeable. Yeah, yeah. you yep. mess up mead and it's just going to hit you in the face. And and you're out, arguably more in in a lot of cases. Um, you know the the expense that goes into a meat is often significantly more than a beer. And, um, but yeah, we, we talked about that last week, um, you know, after, um, and it's, it's something I've never done either. I've, I've been brewing for, you know, I, I think getting close to 10 years and I've never done temperature control. 
Um, and I've been a successful or semi-successful home brewer. Um, but uh, my first mead, and I've only done three meads in my entire time brewing, but my first mead, yeah, I did, I did that. I threw honey and water and yeast in a bucket and and got you know some horrendous shit. Yeah, <laughs> I still have some of my bottles from 2017. I'll uh, I'll break them open sometime. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and then the last one that I did, which I think is actually palatable, is one because Brian actually helped me and was like, "No, do this," and and you know, um, you know, here's your yeast nutrient schedule, and and you know, here's how you get through this step, and still didn't do temperature control. Um, but Jordan and I, I think, are both in the, on the uh, have come to the realization that that's our next thing that we need to do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just going to improve not only meads but beers as well. So, yeah, across the board, it's really the last thing I have to do. I mean, when you look at like what can I do to get better, um, which I, I feel, I, you know, before Brian really started showing up, I really felt like I was doing fine. But now I got him <laughs> out here kicking my ass, so I've got I've got to figure out all right, how do I how do I get back on top of, of Brian and it's that's the only other piece that I've got so other than just sneaking in his house and you know spiking his kegs which is not off the table so <laughs> sometimes that door does stay unlocked so <laughs> you know there it is for the internet while, to know while I have you Gail I, I have a style specific question uh oh it's 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 fine. I think I think you'll be able to answer it. Um, it's it's more just is this in the spirit of entering it in the right category? So uh, I got five gallons of pear juice from a local cidery not too long ago, and I'm making a mead with it. It tastes a heck of a lot like cider, and I think once it's done, it's going to take taste a heck of a lot like a sizer. But should it actually be a melomel because it's pear? You know, what's, what's the, what's the, you know, the, the answer there, should I enter it as what it tastes like or what it was actually brewed with? Um, it, what it tastes like. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to be like deceptive or anything like that. You know, that's like yeah. the, the one thing I don't want to do. So yeah, if it, okay. if it really does come across like a sizer, um, you know, call it that. It is yeah. the same with beer. You know, if, if yep, you put vanilla right. in and you can't taste the vanilla, don't say you put vanilla in it. It's <laughs> it's in the in the presentation Brian I wrote and I forget which book I got it out of. Uh, but it was, you know, don't enter the beer you brewed. Right? Don't yeah, yeah don't enter the recipe that you brewed, enter enter the, the beer that you made. Like yeah. whatever, yeah. however you yeah. say that. And, yeah, and taste yeah. the beer and actually figure out what it, it should be, not and, and we've given that out before, you know, like if uh, we, we had a guy that was, I, I, I brewed a Doppelbach. Well, that's not a Doppelbach, you know, um, yep. you entered as a Doppelbach and it got shitty, uh, you know, ratings and stuff. So um, that's good to know. It's, it, it fits with me too. And, and I, again, I've never put Fruit Loops down on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't in that Berliner Weiss. <laughs> somebody's we'll gonna sure. call you out on this at some point jason i know it's, it's been around so it's much all now, on the internet now but it's uh it's tradition at this point god damn it and then uh it is it, you know i have it's to a, keep it's a berliner and, loop and you know that was that was a very good berliner vice it's done it's it done all nice. right yeah, no, I mean, for a plain Berliner Weiss. So here's my, my, my theory on it. Just talk about myself for a minute. 
um, I always get my ass kicked um, because the, cam the the categories usually get looped in with lambics, fruit lambics. So I do well enough to make it to the final table, and then um, I always get passed over for a fruit lambic. So mm -hmm. one of these days I'm going to fruit it or something to to make it stand out. But I don't know. Um, as a, as a as a Berliner Weiss, I think it, I think it is good. I, I agree. It's it's a solid classic example of style. <laughs> so many national judges have said that. Like every 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 time I get feedback back, I don't actually don't remember if you wrote that or not. But every time I get feedback back, I, I it always says like classic example of style. Um, with a box if, if it's it. if it's the one that I'm thinking of, um, because there were two left on the table, and if it's the one that I'm thinking of, yes, it was a very good Berliner Weiss. It had that really nice kind of bready, light, fluffy <laughs> character that should be there, and those Fruit Loops. So I think it's a good Berliner Weiss. I've I've brewed it once without, and I'll never brew it without again. It sucked. It didn't have the spirit in it, you know. It just wasn't there. So. It didn't have the love. Yeah. The love. Yeah. The, the gray matter. Let me see. Yeah. Right, go ahead. The, the the mash for that beer is gray, right? Like it comes out uh, gray. It's a journey. It's it's um <laughs> it, it, it comes out with um it comes I, the mash is out gray. Uh, with all the food coloring in it and then uh after after boil i think it's blue um some of the browns fall out and then uh after kettle souring um it's green because the blue dye is heavier and that falls out and then after boiling uh all the dye breaks down and um uh, and it comes out a really beautiful straw color uh, crystal clear um just it's really it is a really beautiful beer once it's done mm -hmm. um but man when i first started brewing it was like holy shit what did i do um because it is very interesting yeah it's fun it's fun and it makes for a very pretty mash like your mash is all orange you're, you're never not entertained on your brew day yeah no we got to make a mead now with fruit loops I saw somebody, I think, I can't remember if it was the uh, the Modern Mead Makers Facebook group or if it was on a, on Reddit, but somebody just started a mead with uh, blue Skittles and it started off a nice bright blue color and now it's really green because probably a pH change um, as the yeast are starting there, huh, you know, yeah. kind of starting to, it's starting to buffer their environment. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to all drop out or not, or if it's going to be like a weird green, yellow color. I don't know. I, I so, hope to see updates, but we'll see. You, you, you mentioned the Skittles. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find this article, but you mentioned Skittles. There was, this was years ago. Um, so the, the, the company that manufactures Skittles had an error in their machinery, and it wasn't, I, I believe the issue was it wasn't printing the S on the candy. And so they threw out, they, they couldn't reuse it. Um, and it was too much money for them to rerun it or whatever they do. And so they 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 threw the Skittles out. And, and I think it was all red and green or something like that. And the article went on that there was an, and I'm going to get this word wrong, an apiarist, ap apiarist, ap whatever. There was an apiary that was in the area or that had deployed bees in the area. And the bees went out 
and did what they were supposed to do. And when they cracked open the hives to collect the honey, it was all red and green honey because these, <laughs> they're, they're, they're creatures of opportunity, Man. right? And so rather than going to flowers, they were like, here's this big dumpster full of sugar. And the bees were just hitting the Skittles um, to bring back to the hive. And the I'll, I will find the article. I'll try to post it on the page. Could you imagine um, being was, that beekeeper? Cracking that shit open, it looked like the hive's bleeding. Just like, what is going? What god did I anger? What was in that cream of mushroom soup I had for lunch? (laughs) What type of mushrooms were those? Uh, Okay, hold on. I actually think I found I found it quicker than I expected to. Um, God, I hope there's a picture. All right, let me try to share my screen. Share oh, blossom. Chrome <laughs> uh, tab window window. That is true. Well, so this that was, one looks like chocolate. It was in France. Uh, so colored honey made by candy eating beans. And I'm sorry, it wasn't Skittles. It was M&M's. Oh, M&M oh. shells. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. Uh, ad blocker. Anyway, you saw it. It was a thing. Go Google it. Uh, M&M. <laughs> M&M honey. Uh, and, you, and you saw it. I don't know if you saw the green one on the end. It was. Yeah, I saw uh, the green I want to did the, did the brown one come out because they ate the chocolate? Is that what? <laughs> I don't know. That just, did, like, now, was, now I have questions. Did the chocolate flavor, was that retained in the honey? Like, is that, I, that would be, mm. it was, uh, it was back in 2012. It was in Mulhouse, France. I remember, I remember it's been a long time since I read this email or read this article. I really did think it was Skittles, but it was M&M's. So, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> One of the strangest meats that I ever had was, I, I can't ever say this properly, butterfly pea blossom. Oh, yeah. Which changes, you know, of course, with pH. And, it, you know, it wasn't pink. It wasn't purple. It wasn't blue. It was gray. And it was the weirdest looking thing I'd ever had. And it tasted kind of gray. It tasted like they tasted gray, like the color. It like, tasted gray. Just like a rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad. So we, we've had members make um, beer with that flower before. And, uh, and and in beer, it's beautiful. I mean, um, I, you know, David Jones, uh, the president of Keepers of Claft, he, he, is, he always does, he does the most unique names. Uh, in our club, I think, and I, I believe he called it Smurfette's Lady Parts. Um, but it was it was blue in the glass, and and when you got it near light, it was purple and pink and that, shimmery, yeah. and um, and it was it was really yeah, it's it's a really cool um, effect in beer. But I could see in honey where that kind of would all mushed together probably in a way that 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 wasn't pleasant it's kind of like a fruit loop smash (laughs) (laughs) you know 
I mean, well. you score, you, you gave it a good score. So there's no, there's no walking it back now, Gail. You. <laughs> You're going to question every Berliner you ever drink for the rest of your life, though. It, it, <laughs> That's it's, it. A, it's one of my favorite styles, beer styles to drink and brew. So um, I, I did really enjoy it. I can see next year you, you're going to step into that category, and my comment's going to be, not this time, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. And, and it could be could... some random persons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get an email. What the hell? <laughs> that would be even better. Yeah, even better. Um, Complaining about the judges again. Who, who are you calling this? <laughs> I, uh, you know, speaking speaking of this, um, I, I'm sorry. This is like one of my fidget toys. I, I didn't is mean that, to like actually flash a yeah, flash a knife at you. I just I fidget I fidget sometimes. So I flip it open and shut. But um, Brian, I just want to say like I also have one next to me that is, see? is my fidget toy. <laughs> you guys are. He is a violent. I think it was uh, maybe it was some competition <laughs> this year. Um, I I made a beer with lemon cookies, a whole package of lemon cookies, and I sent it out as a Katharina sour beer because I, I added like lemon zest to it too. And uh, I think it got like a 41 or a 42. And one of the judges was like, you know, please email me with what fruit you used in this beer because like I've never tasted anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I haven't I haven't emailed him because I, I can't I just can't break it to him that I used like lemon cookies in the beer. But <laughs> so the moral of the story it goes back to again, you know, enter the beer that, that you brewed. Yeah. Not not the recipe that you made. Uh, yep. This is going to turn into a whole new BJCP style, just cookie yeah. beers. That's it's it's it's, it's going to be mystery like, beer. Like yeah, it's the, the it's going to be one style where you have to guess, like 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 what yeah what what weird ass ingredient was in here? To... Pack packaged adjunct style. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I know a lot of people that that put stuff in like that, and they'll they'll, they'll enter it in experimental. But you know, again, mm -hmm. it wasn't an experiment. I mean, it was an experiment that led to it. But the final beer product was a Berliner Weiss, and so it wasn't. Yep. Um, it didn't taste like yeah. Fruit Loops. It didn't taste right. like lemon cookies. Yeah, it actually yeah. did taste like Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops taste like lemon. Okay, they're That's all one nice. flavor. No, I refuse to believe that. They are all the no, same thing. No, every single one. Is I feel like flavor. we need to do a blind taste test live on stream now. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're getting way the fuck off topic now. Um, Before we get back on topic, Gail, this weekend, um, <laughs> guests uh, prior to you and Jordan, Jason, and I are brewing a, uh, a Michigan shrimp IPA, and yeah. we would be more than happy to send you a bottle if you would like so oh boy <laughs> yeah oh for, for judging that would be great yeah he undersold it it's a coconut shrimp ipa oh yeah. okay um, thank you yeah sure you know drew and denny did uh what was it uh clam chowder oh yeah. oh clam chowder beer um okay. at nhc out in san diego a few years back 
and it was actually okay. Um, it was very cool. Um, and then, you know, I think we should maybe have a category of just weird things. Um, I don't know if you guys know Dan Fick, um, mm-hmm. brewer. He works for Coonan now. He's one of their distillers, and uh, he's, you know, he's been a long time brewer yeah, meat maker. Yep, yep. So Fick entered entered a uh, a mead that ended up going to best of show, and he he said it was an orange blossom varietal. Well, what it was was sugar, fermented sugar water, and he back sweetened it with a little bit of orange blossom, and it went all the way to best to show. And I, I remember saying, you know, this really doesn't have enough orange blossom character, and so something else took best to show. And it ends up, he then, you know, he goes, this is how I did it, and he called it, hey, gotcha, or something like that. <laughs> wow! Anytime I have anything that Fick makes now, it's like, wait a minute, what is it really? <laughs> so I think so that he, would be he took off some of his wash because <laughs> he said he's a distiller, right? Yeah, this was before he was distilling. Oh, but, okay. yeah, basically the same thing. <laughs> Just to say, like, he took a sugar wash and tried to make a meat out of it. It was um, basically the same thing. That's funny. I. I I think I think it would, and maybe I'll mention it to Nikki and see if we can pull it off. But it would be fun to have like a outside of the normal category where we're gonna do just some some crazy shit like that, you know. And I know he just left uh, to grab some probably some more beer, but you know, Brian and I have fantasized for a couple of years now about doing an aw juice IPA, um, which is a a beef roast. Juice, uh, a beef slash, New, New England IPA. New England, New England <laughs> IPA. You know, and we, we haven't. We, we keep talking about it. We've done a couple of iterations and recipe designs, like how are we going to capture, you know, citrus and and the spirit of a New England and still have the 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 meaty umami of of the roast and and these are these are well thought out recipes. Whether or not it's going to be complete trash, but that's fine. Um, but it would be fun to have something like that. I know um, it wasn't you guys, right? A, a couple of years ago, somebody, either uh, you or the club next to you did bean soup, right? For a game beer. Do you remember that? I, at rem- beer camp? I remember bean soup. I don't know if you might not have been there. Um, that was that was Ann Arbor? Well, that's, oh, not Motor City Masher, sorry. Um, you're right, it was, it was Ann Arbor. It was AABG, yeah. uh, did bean soup. Um, oh, yeah. Rice? But it was it was for uh, it was for the gang beer a few years ago, yeah. and so yep. they they picked their ingredients to be that you know garlic and onion and white bean and it was the year that we had like one of the options was that you had to use like an alternative brewing style. There were some people that did, you know, like no boil, um, or some did you know uh, natural fermentation or whatever. And theirs was uh, wood fire. They, they brewed it in a copper kettle on a campfire. It was Mike O'Brien and uh, Matt Becker probably did it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know the names, but it was. Yeah. It was exactly what it said it was. It was. It, you was. Know, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't a horrible beer. Um, you know, and then yeah, we have a member in our club that did a Kilbasa Oreo Stout beer one year. Um, Ron. Uh, thanks for reminding us of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but no, someday, someday Brian and I will pull off au jus. Um, but this, so the, 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 the shrimp IPA though, that came up because we did a, we do every once in a while, we do recipe design episodes where we just brainstorm different ideas, you know, what the recipe would be. And some friends of ours are the smart asses that threw out shrimp, coconut shrimp, um, in chat. And so we did design, uh, they're the, 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 the couple that, that shot our cool intro and outro. Um, they did that for us for free of charge. So we humored them um with a you know and, and and we wrote the recipe for a shrimp ipa and then now finally uh saturday we're getting together i've got my louisiana dry shrimp <laughs> and uh we're gonna get together we're, gonna, we're making them come out and brew that with us okay. so we will be dry shipping uh coconut ipa this saturday do we do we have the panko already no i need to pick that up i, I can get it too I forgot that was part of the recipe. Honestly, I need to pull up that recipe. Yeah, let me yeah, know if I need to pick anything up from from the store. Just let me know. I'll I'll grab it. I don't know how this is going to work because uh, I have to blur on my camera. But I was just scrolling through my phone, and there it is. That is a <laughs> that is a mashed ton full of fruit loops. So it looks pretty. Oh. I don't it's think I've seen that before. It kind of yeah. looks like stir fry from this angle. Yeah. Well, what other? What, what's next in store for Meat Cup? Or since we keep bouncing all the hell over the place, is there? Um, you're going to be out next year. Do you expect any big changes, or do you think the, the mashers are going to be able to up the? Uh, you know, if you say it here now, Gail, you kind of you kind of commit them to it. So whatever you want. You know, I don't put anything past those guys. There <laughs> <laughs> <I> go. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun that I know. Um, everything they do is a lot of fun. So um, I'll, I'll try to keep them on task. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it'll be great. They'll, they're going to do great. Yeah, no, we look forward to it. I'm, I'm debating. I go back and forth. You know, I, I, I feel like I have too many hobbies and too many things right now, but I really enjoyed making the, the one meet that I made this year. And um, I almost entered it that day, but then I thought I didn't want to take anything off uh, or take it away from somebody else. Um, but Brian inspires us, and and so we'll, we'll stroke his ego a little bit more. We, you took how many medals in Mead this year? Mm -hmm. Five. Okay, good for you. And one, at, but, you took a gold at the Michigan Mead Cup, right? Two, you took two at Michigan Mead Cup. No, one at Michigan Just Mead one. Cup. I took a bronze, silver, and a gold at Valkyrie's Horn, and then a gold at Michigan Beer Cup. Was it your Marionberry, I think, wasn't it? One gold at Mead Cup? Marionberry was gold at Mead Cup and took silver at Valkyrie's Horn. Yep. I think roughly 20-something entries in uh, in Berry for each of those. Something So, Yeah. Awesome. That's quite an accomplishment. There's some great, great meat makers in those categories. I mean, very, very accomplished guys and and women. Yeah. I'm, You're going to take a run at meat maker of the year next year, right? Maybe 2023 20, or something. I, I think I mentioned this last year, and, and this might have been after Gail left, but uh, to make a run at meat maker of the year is expensive. You have to have a lot of mead for all those competitions and all the shipping and the entry fees. So uh, I want to make sure I have my 
I want I want to have a lot of meads available to ship and stuff, and that's the reason it enters Mazer Cup this year. I didn't have any mead left to enter. Like I sent all my my stuff that I bottled away. So actually, now I remember we were we were sitting at Bell's with Gail, and we talked about you entering, and you decided to enter, and I, you you pulled the stuff you had planned for Mazer Cup to go to mead. I did. Cup. Yep. So yep, and I'm glad I did. I have no regrets at all. But yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it, that was uh, good meat. Good meats. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, Brian, you're right. It, it's very expensive. It's energy. Uh, it's, you know, time and just so much goes into meat maker of the year. Um, yeah. I think that's why, like, I, I appreciate the, the judges even more so than a lot of these beer competitions. It's just like people are, are spending probably three times as much per batch of mead easily. Right. Um, and, and, and if, if the feedback was, you know, even close to subpar, just the, the hobby wouldn't be going anywhere. So it's so important that, you know, you, you have the dedication to, to judging these meads, like in a quality fashion. And then I, I really appreciate you, uh, and, and all of your friends and staff and all the other me judges that are out there that are that are judging these competitions, giving the really, really good feedback. I think that's um, that's really making the hobby move forward. I think it's like an integral part of it. So, no, I, yeah, I would agree. Appreciate I've, that. I've had I've had one score sheet, you know, for me to come back. And it's probably some of the best uh, feedback I have had of just about any competition I've entered, you know, including, you know, beer and all. So. Right it was on. great. They they were they were able to pinpoint a lot of the things too, and I like I go back and I taste the taste the mead, and I can I'm starting to be able to pick that stuff out. It helps me train my palate, mm -hmm. and I don't think that's you know that's something that uh, and maybe we you know haven't pointed out before is that when you get that feedback and you still have some stock on hand, you can go back and taste it, and even if you weren't tasting it beforehand, after you have somebody trained like yourself, Gail you know, give you that feedback on like, oh, you know, fermentation temperature or, you know, uh, oxidation or, um, you know, what have you, yeah, nutrient additions, what have you, and be like, well, these are the flavors that I'm getting out of it. Maybe you should try doing this or that. Uh, you go back and taste it and you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can kind of see where that's coming from. And I know through my process that I did X. So maybe next time I try doing something different. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad that it's useful because that's, you know, that's what it should be. That mm -hmm. I think that when you enter a competition, you know, it's not only for the medals, um, it's mm -hmm. not only for the score, it's for the it's feedback. That's, and that's and all I said. Some for. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with this my, being uh, only my third meet, all I was looking for was feedback, and I got exactly what I wanted out of it. So, I was worried my, uh, about this year we changed our the score sheet we were using. And we went to the score sheet for um, that NHC use for their uh, their final. Well, it used to be their the second round. Uh, now it's their only round. Um, and it, so it's a you know there's sliders and it's like poor to good, yeah. you know. Yep. And so you you know you're not writing as much, but it forces you to address each aspect. And that was my issue with the the long handed ones because. You know, at the end of the day, too, people's handwriting gets pretty bad. But if they don't address each one of those items, like 
you know, the esters, the, the fruit, the, you know, all of those things, if they don't address them, then your feedback is subpar. And so the feedback or the score sheet that we chose to use was the one that forces you to address each one of those. So I I hope that, you know, when people get their score sheets back, which actually they did should have been able to at seven o'clock on the 16th, um, download them. Um, You know, I, I hope that they're, that it's valuable. I hope it was worth the eight bucks, you know, plus shipping. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I don't even think we did shipping, right? We, uh, we, I dropped our stuff off at a Bell's and and somebody ran it up there. Do you know who, who took stuff up from Bell's this year, Gail? Yeah, it was Andy Zipster and Jeff. Yeah. So thank you to them. Yeah. Yeah, That was kind of, I had offered to do that, but was told I could not take their opportunity to come to Bell's away from them. Right. They, they really wanted to go out and it's like, wow, if you really want to go to Bells, it looks like that's the perfect opportunity. But yeah, they did yeah. the pickup out at Bells and they also did the all the shipping uh, entries at Adventures. Cool. Nice. So it's fantastic. I uh, I dropped my stuff off at Bells and I, I kind of went in there expecting um you know the employees to go you know michigan meat cup like and you know look around and be like are we taking entries for those or were those supposed to go and no they're like yep we have we have a bunch of entries back here already like yeah yeah danny picked up the ones at um at cadillac streets that was our other drop-off place and danny picked up uh a crap load over there too. I mean, you know, just the number of bottles and trying to keep them from breaking in the car. And, you know, Andy and Jeff had a fiasco on the way back from, uh, I think it was from Adventures. I don't think it was from Bells. And they had a car full of bottles and the wheel came off. The whole wheel came off. And, you know, Andy's quite upset thinking, you know, we lost some mead, but not one bottle broke. So, um, you know, the people that do the pickups, they're, they're pretty conscientious. It's, it's not uh, to load that all in your car. Yeah. Yeah. I I did a mule for beer cup and state fair at the same time this year. So I had like eight cases, nine cases of beer in my truck. (laughs) It was the most nerve wracking thing. Cause again, you know, I, I think I kept the cruise control on, I drove slow. I'm like, I get in an accident and I'm going to get hung. Uh, you know, when I get home yeah. and then uh, the funny part was I got to one of the first drop off and the the guy that was like helping me unload the truck, I was like, no, I'll do it because I knew, you know, I had it like separated in a beer cup and the other, and this guy was just trying to be helpful and started to grab cases. And I was like, you know, freaking out there, like, don't touch the goddamn beer. <laughs> 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 All I need is a case of beer cup to get sent to state fair. And uh, yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's nerve wracking. So thank you, Annie, and uh, who, who else did you say, Annie and Jeff Blue, her husband. Jeff Blue, all right, yeah. for for meal and yeah, that's some stressful shit. So yeah, and Danny. And Danny. Yeah. Thanks, right Danny. <laughs> well, um, I think we're 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 about at our time. We don't have a show next week, right? No show next no. week. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to be away. And then I think Brian's going to try to go to a a homebrew club meeting, uh, South County. If you guys are in 
uh, the Vicksburg area, South County meets next Monday at Distant Whistle, hopefully. Um, so we'll be back uh, the week after. Uh, we'll get the show posted shortly. And then just a reminder, um, I think we're targeting, I'm gonna pull up my calendar now. Uh, so no show on the 8th, we'll be back on the 15th. Um, but we're looking at the 22nd, we're gonna have a holiday show. Gail, if you're interested, um, if you're if you're down in the land of the internets, um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, just throw a link out to a bunch of people and see who wants to drop in and drink seltzer with us and um, seltzer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're celebrating. <laughs> Screw your power. Hard, Hard seltzer. Heard about fruit. <laughs> so we have a Fruit loop seltzer you got to do it it's coming, it's, it's coming. Uh, we we have a problem with seltzer Gail. we we've we've done a couple of seltzer shows it's a it's a thing you know we've got to acknowledge it home brewers are making it it's it's it was very big uh in in the in the in the covid year um but for some reason when brian and i and, and jordan has missed every seltzer after like we've done two uh and jordan seems to have you know parental duties that night or some shit <laughs> and um and and the seltzer goes down like water and so brian and i wind up sitting here drinking eight or nine or ten seltzers in in the course of an hour and then not really remembering the rest of the show um, so, I'll, I'll be here for this one so we thought it would be good uh as a, as a holiday thanksgiving show we're just going to invite all our friends over we're going to drink seltzers for a couple hours so if you can uh i'll keep you on that email and uh, feel free to drop in if you if you got internet uh, sure. or just tune in as we talk about the year and reminisce and bullshit about stories and uh, and hopefully maybe even brew some Fruit Loop beer on, on the air or whatever when we drink seltzer. So, right awesome. on. Well, thanks a lot, Gail, for coming uh, again. Really appreciate uh, it. This is technically your third time on the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, wait, wait she's, with us. she's been with us You're the, the most then the most yes. well, sure. next to brand name yep. yeah he, he, he's he's like a uh like a unofficial co-host at this point but yeah yeah wow yeah. i'm honored You're right. You're right. You, yeah totally you should be i am <laughs> but um but no thanks a lot and everybody else will see you in a couple of weeks and uh yeah, have a great time. Thanks, guys. Cheers, everyone. Thank you again, Gail. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.